Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group webinar. Today is March 11th, 2019. The purpose of this webinar is twofold. To introduce the work of triangles to people who are new to it and aid them in the forming of triangles, and to create a platform for people who are already members of triangles to come together each week and participate in a meditative visualization in support of the work of triangles and to, together, strengthen the planetary network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work of triangles is simply the establishing of a line of loving, lighted communication between three people who agree to vivify that triangle, triangular link every day. Three people link together as a triangle of light, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. This triangle is then placed within the planetary network of triangles, and as the network is visualized, the great invocation is sounded in order to release and circulate spiritual energies throughout the etheric network and into the, and into the consciousness of humanity, touching all open hearts and minds and aiding the spiritual evolution of the planet. Triangles need only take a few minutes each day and can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. Today's webinar, we have a guest speaker, Clarence Harvey. Clarence has spoken on the webinar before, so some of you may remember him. Um, Clarence is a retired school teacher based in the UK. He works with a small group of educators known as Triangles in Education, and he studies and teaches the martial art of the soul. Terence's talk later today in the program will be entitled Global Goals, Humanity's Response to the Inflowing Energies of Shambhala. Momentarily, we'll take a few, few moments of silence, followed by a sounding of the Bantam of Light. We'll then go into a, our group meditation. Um, Clarence will then give his talk, and then we'll end today with a question and answer session. Um, and those of you who are new to triangles or who wish to form new triangles can take advantage of this question and answer session to post in the chat box um, to find new Triangles partners. So if we could go ahead and take a brief moment of silence. Center ourselves. Lift your consciousness to as high a point on the mental plane as possible. Look out over the world, seeing it as one of light with here and there points and centers of intensified light. See the energies of this network of light pulsating to the rhythm of human aspiration. 
regard yourself within the planetary network as a channel among many channels transmitting the energy of the spiritual hierarchy. Imagine the potent love energy pouring through the network of light, stimulating the many points and centers of energy, transforming the pulsation of energy into the rhythm of the planetary heartbeat. Together we sound the affirmation of light. Radiance are we and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need we reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. We now link in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. Together we sound the affirmation of the will In the center of the will of God I stand. Naught shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light.
visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group's soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift your consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Hold the group mind open and receptive to this inpouring energy of love. Visualize light and goodwill circulating around the triangles from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of men and women everywhere, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right, right human relationships. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Together we sound the great invocation. 
visualizing the network, acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, and as a channel through which light and love and divine purpose flow into human consciousness. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. I'd now like to um, turn the floor over to Clarence Harvey. Clarence, go ahead. Good day, everyone. Um, I should begin straight away. You can go ahead and go ahead and begin. Yes. So you will see appearing on the screen um, a shot of the global goals for sustainable development. In September 2015, the United Nations agreed the 17 very concrete, ambitious, and measurable global goals for a better world by 2030. It is stated that these goals have the power to end poverty, fight inequality, and stop climate change. There's now a worldwide initiative to involve and energize an effort by, quote, all of us, governments, businesses, civil society, and the general public to work together to build a better future for everyone, unquote. This demonstrates that in spite of trends apparently to the contrary, our collective human will is responding positively to the guiding influence of planetary purpose, emanating from what is called the center where the will of God is known. To put it another way, under the influence of Shambhala, the many diverse and conflicting wills of humanity are being oriented 
towards the common goal of sustainable human development and a better world for all. An initiative called the world's largest lesson is focused on involving children and young people all around the world in learning about the global goals and how they can contribute. These developments are evidence of a positive response by humanity to the sense of a common planetary purpose. And we in Triangles can support this response through clarity of understanding of the role that Triangles is playing in tuning and harmonizing the wills of humanity with Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. This understanding is a critical contribution to humanity's passage through these turbulent times and for the energizing of the seeds of harmonious brotherhood, which should bear fruit in the Aquarian age. The affirmation of the will, which we regularly use in these webinars, refers to three major centers of life on our planet. The center where the will of God is known, the planetary heart center, as embodied in the spiritual hierarchy, and the strictly human center, the world of our fellow men. We can visualize these three centers as a living and vibrant triangle of centers, understanding the will affirmation as a means by which we can align, synchronize, and tune our own individual wills, hearts, and minds, both to the livingness of these three centers, as well as to a common planetary purpose that magnetizes the will expressing in and through each of these centers. In this triangle of centers, it is important for us to consider the direct line of connection between humanity and Shambhala, and to ask how can we in triangles best respond to the Shambhala vibration? We are told that the primary initial impact of the Shambhala force is destructive. It breaks up old patterns and clears away that which is no longer of service. This destructive impact is easy to see in so many of the current national and world crises. It is said that the way to make wise and safe contact with the Shambhala force is through right understanding and in group formation in order to use this planetary energy for the good of the whole. We are also told that since 1948, the energy of the world teacher has been strongly imbued with the energy and quality of the Shambhala force. One implication of all of this is that the impact of the returning Christ and hierarchy is today demonstrating in severe challenges to the collective will of humanity. Humanity is faced with huge choices with long-term consequences. The challenge of climate change is an obvious example of where our choices and decisions now will impact all life on Earth for millennia to come. So what we are talking about is far from abstract. The decisions and choices we ourselves make together as a world group organized in lighted triangles are likely also to be of critical importance for our planet. We might assume that at the coming meeting of the Great Council in Shambhala in 2025, an assessment will be made of humanity's capacity to respond positively to the energy signature of the will to good. Based on that assessment, 
plans will be refined and implemented concerning the process of the externalization of the hierarchy into humanity. Are the threads that link us in triangles strong and refined enough to carry the high voltage of the Shambhala force and thus to transmit with greater clarity the sound of the keynote of human culture and civilization in the Aquarian age? Alice Bailey's book, The Rays and the Initiations, says that only the most senior members of the hierarchy can adequately withstand the spiritual vibration of the sound that will call members to the meeting of the Great Council. Quoting from that book, it states that, and I quote, comparatively few of the members of our hierarchy have yet been able to reach the state or condition of development which warrant their forming part of the Great Council or which would enable them to respond to the O sounded out at intervals of 100 years. It is this sound which gathers together the responsive units into the council. This council is held at 100 year intervals. And as far as our modern humanity is concerned, these councils have been held under our arbitrary dates in 1725, 1825-1925. The above information takes us directly to a need to try to understand the Shambhala force in terms of vibration and sound, and in terms of our capacity to respond resonantly to the vibration of spiritual purpose. Our heart and mind connection with the hierarchy, our regular sounding of the affirmation of the will, our daily sounding of the great invocation. These practices, together with our orientation towards lives of service, all mean that as a group, the triangles is like a collective organ of consciousness within the body of humanity that is in some degree sensitive to the vibration that originates in Shambhala. In 1925, when the note of the O was last sounded in Shambhala, to convene a meeting of the Great Council. The Great Invocation had not yet been given for human use, and very little was yet known about the existence of the center where the will of God is known. This means that the coming meeting in 2025 is the first time in the history of our planet when disciples are able to consciously ready themselves for the fact of this once in a century event. This will be the fourth sounding of the O in Shambhala, quote, as far as our modern humanity is concerned, unquote. Because humanity is the fourth kingdom in nature, this may present a unique opportunity for the tuning of humanity's collective will to the divine will for our planet. It may be a unique yet natural musical opportunity wherein our service on behalf of humanity is to help sound the keynote for human development for the entire new age. Humanity has never before had such an opportunity. These are surely amazing times. Thank you, Thank you Clarence. That was a, a wonderful talk. I, it's, a, it's great to take something like Shambhala or something that, that, that at times can seem so... Um, ephemeral or so abstract and and you really 
brought it down into terms that were really concrete and um, and and applicable to the to um, people's understanding. So thank you very much. Um, we now open up the floor to anyone who has any comments or discussions or any questions they'd like to ask, um, either to Clarence or just to the group in general. You can raise your hand and we will unmute you or simply type your comment into the chat box and we will read it aloud. Um, and the transcript of Clarence's talk has been posted in the chat box for those of you who are interested. Looks like we have a comment from Amy who says, I don't believe climate change is catastrophic. I believe the carbon, the carbon in the atmosphere is essential for building the carbon temple. The phrase climate change was coined by a man named Frank Luntz, he is a public opinion guru. His stated goal is to cause audiences to react based on emotion. And um, Angela from San Diego agrees. She says carbon is essential to plant life. Um, surely that's true, but I wonder how the, um, and Clarence, uh, excuse me, Clarence, maybe you have, a, you have a comment on this, but I wonder how the Shambhala energy that you just you just spoke about is related to um, the planet. I know you mentioned the seventeen global the global goals, the SDG sustainable development goals, and I wonder if if you wanted to speak a little bit more about how Shambhala or the the planetary will how that's really reflected in those goals. Yeah. Um... I suppose in a sense for me, what, what is interesting is that it's not so much the detail of the goals, but the fact that these goals weren't plucked out of the air. It mm. is, it, it is um, through the, the form or mechanism of the United Nations, people, 7 billion people and counting, uh, apparently there are now 7.7 .7 billion of us here, human beings, have been able to actually talk together, meet together and say, what are the challenges that we face mm -hmm. and how are we going to deal with them? So mm -hmm. there is a kind of a, a collective recognition that the way we have been living um, is not good for everyone and it's not even um, necessarily good for the planet. Mm -hmm. And so what do we do about it? The actual goals, whether we agree with them as the main ones we should be paying attention to or the way we are tackling it, is, um, is, I suppose, for me, not, not the, the key area of focus. Mm -hmm. um, if there is a sense that there is meaning to life, and meaning not just to my life, but to our life, and actually to all life on our planet, then what is the point of that life? Where is it going? And if there is a sense that actually there is knowledge related to these kinds of questions focused in a particular place that at least symbolically Mm -hmm. um, focus there, then how is that reflected in how human beings think and feel? Do we actually have a sense of common purpose and common activity to address challenges along the way? That for me is more the area um, that, that, that is of interest here rather than the details 
um, of any of the particular goals. Mm -hmm. yeah, I know that the SDGs have been called a, one of the greatest triumphs of multilateral diplomacy ever. You know, this, yeah. I think practically every country in the world actually has, has, was involved in the negotiation process that really laid out all these 17 goals. And the idea, I think, also is that they're all interrelated with each other. Yes. Um, yeah. And so it really looks at the whole system. And I think also it, it looks at relationships. So it's not just human to human relationship, although it is, you know, largely that. It's also the relationship to the planet and to the whole. So it's just really this, this whole idea of, of synthesis is really just deeply embedded in the whole, the whole system of the global goals. And I think clearly that's a reflection of the Shambhala energy, which is kind of the keynote is, is synthesis of bringing, bringing the whole, whole together. So thank you. Yeah, as, yeah. as you, you mentioned there, it's certainly not just about uh, humanity and human relations, but it's certainly about do we have a sense of responsibility for the impact that our existence has on our planet and on other life forms here. So goal 14, for example, relates to how are we relating and, and impacting on life below water, mm -hmm. um, life on land. And uh, goal 16, that was uh, goal 15. 16 is to do with peace, justice, and strong in institutions, by which they're referring to institutions that help support there being peace in various communities and nations and justice, peace not without justice. Um, and in terms of the synthesis aspect, which is a strong quality associated with, with Shambhala or the Shambhala energy, um, goal 17 is a great emphasis on partnerships mm -hmm. in working towards these, these identified goals. Um, I think I saw a comment uh, from someone, was it um, Amy, who uh, spoke about um, 12 years or, or people being afraid that the world will end in 12 yeah, years. Yeah, she says she doesn't agree that the world will end in 12 years. Yeah. I, I certainly also don't agree, and I, I don't think that's at all the thrust of these goals. It, it is about um, giving ourselves concrete targets. So we're saying, how well are we progressing towards the, the targets or the goals that we've set ourselves? And 2030, certainly beyond that, they, before that time arrives, there will already be work um, based on progress so far as to how do we now adjust, readjust, improve on what we've been and build because as I think most of us know, these global goals, these 17 goals are a build from the previous millennium development goals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, just looking through the chat box. Um, looks like there is a few more, looks like. Um... Um, there's one from a question from Diane about are there links noted on the UN website where others can connect on a grassroots level uh, or with their specific communities? I think so, um, in the sense that if you, if you follow through on the various um, pages, in fact, if you just Google search uh, or something like that for global goals, you're sure to start finding um, there are different places where they, they um, are promoted. But mm -hmm. this has gone very much into schools. There's something called the world's largest lesson that I referred to. And it's an attempt to involve um, schools all around the planet, really, in, in helping children to be aware of these goals 
and to ask the question, is there anything they can do or want to do? And what would that look like? Um, so, yeah, it, it, it says that, um, for me, it says that it, I, I have the feel, this is the first time that humanity as a, as a whole has been able to find something that um, is important, uh, requires conscious action and collective effort and cooperation. Mm -hmm. So, and these goals are positive to include a better, you know, that sense of a better world. <laughs> so, yes, um, I'm looking again, I'm seeing uh, Ellie says that the way humanity has been treating the planet is catastrophic. And she refers to a few developments over the last hundred years or so as well. Um, and I think the goal, the, the aim isn't at all to, to scare people or frighten people into action. Mm -hmm. But to say, you know, if we, if we recognize that, that our sense of goodwill within humanity um, is important and can be fostered, what are the things that would promote the fostering of goodwill? Mm -hmm. Surely some of these things, you know, um, less hunger, better quality mm -hmm. education, people actually feeling they have a decent life, mm -hmm. uh, peace and justice. These things contribute to goodwill being not just amongst those who already feel it, but actually um, spreading within humanity as a whole. Goodwill that has very concrete um, impacts in terms of the way we treat each other and the planet and, and all of those things. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Um, I think there was a hand raised, I think it was Martha Gallahue. I think it, you may have lowered it, but if you'd like to speak, just go ahead and raise your hand again and we can unmute you. Oh, there she is. Okay. Martha? Hello there. Can you hear me? Uh, it's just a little bit quiet, so maybe if you could just speak a little bit louder. Try to speak a oh, little louder. That's I, perfect. I wanted to uh, speak to the issue on carbon which is that we're learning so much about the world today. Um, we know that we can have too much or too little of anything. And so when we talk about carbon, it, carbon is a good thing. We want to also understand that it's carbon in relation to other elements that produce life. So I appreciate, uh, Clarence, you're linking the SDGs to the will of God, because for me, the Sustainable Development Goals represent humanity's opportunity to participate in that shambolic energy uh, in order to create the exquisite balance that nature uh, demands. Um, for me, it's a shift for humanity to uh, move away from a very material kind of exploitive relationship with the earth so and I think you spoke well when you said that this isn't about frightening people it's almost about allowing people to have the right to know how the world works how the planet works what our relationship is with it so thank you for your talk thank you Martha yes thank you Martha and I put up a a, a I did put up a, a 
it, the, it's www.un.org slash sustainable development goals.org. Okay. Thank you, Martha. Um, and I think that's, that's important. It seems more so than actually the, the effects of, um, of our, of maybe human activity on the planet, perhaps what's, what's, what's really important, and I think what's also related to the triangle's work as well, is that um, the, the, relation, the relational aspect, or maybe what um, humanity brings to the planet, rather than simply just viewing it as an existential crisis. Um, looks like Carlos says, such an excellent point, Clarence, that the goals all contribute to goodwill doing our part can also be viewed as service to humanity, I would think. Thank you so much for your talk. Yes, and thank you to those people who are sharing some of the links um, that uh, someone earlier on asked about. Yeah, the question, I see a question from Isabella about how can we foster goodwill in corporations which are at the root of many of the problems affecting the Earth's destruction? Um, I, I don't know if I can do justice to that question, but I do know that um, many of these corporations are also actively reaching into the field of um, sustainable development and asking the question, how can we be part of that? How can we become more sustainable? How can we adopt some of these development goals into um, the way that we function? And the, it's not necessarily that the whole, the corporation as a whole is, is in the same, um, if you want, has the same attitude. But certainly I'm, I'm aware of uh, people working in the field of, in, of sustainable development who are working with large international companies to help them develop their sustainable sustainability signature, if you wish, or mm -hmm. criteria. And, and it may, in some cases, be just a, a bit of a salve to the conscience. But, um, but it is happening that there is active work to help corporations be more responsible. Mm -hmm. Apart from legislation and things like that, that is sometimes required to, to make them be more sustainable. Yeah. I think to add to that too, Clarence, um, um, corporations are finding actually as people respond that, as people's attitudes change, that actually um, initiatives that do foster goodwill or are more sustainable are actually becoming more um, profitable for them as well, simply because that's what people increasingly want. And so I think that's a um, really an example of of that you know synthetic energy of Shambhala because it's really just transforming the whole the whole the whole system kind of as a whole. Um, but let's go ahead and look. Ellie Hitchu. Let's see here. Let me. I think I mispronounced your last name. My apologies. But um, Ellie, are you there? Yes, I am. It's Hitchu. Like Hitchu. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so uh, thank you so much. It's a, a great talk and a great topic and something that's, I think, should be on the center of, you know, f forefront of all of our minds and efforts. And to me, the, 
and I recognize this even as a child, and I think there's a more widespread recognition now, the fundamental issue is that every other person on this planet is yourself, the capital S-E-L-F. I mean, we are looking at ourself, everything we, and the same in the other kingdoms. I mean, everything's related, everything's from the same source, and yet we have economic and political systems and that, that don't recognize this. And I, there's a lot of discussion um, within, I think, this group in the Alice Bailey works and a lot of groups nowadays about the correct sharing of the world's resources. I mean, you know, it's been oil, the new wars are gonna be over water purportedly. Um, you know, the resources of the earth are, are a commons. You know, I mean, even if something, an example, um, Japan and I believe Iceland still continue to hunt whales, yet whales are a pelagic animal. That means they traverse the oceans of the world and they don't stay in one country's territorial waters forever. I mean, the po so the point is, we've got to learn to share the world's resources. We've got to recognize that if any human being on this planet has a problem, we all have a problem. And those problems, the, uh, the SDGs are, are an, a, a brilliant effort to try and mitigate those problems and get us on a, a sustainable course. And then fundamentally also, we, you know, sharing the commons, you know, we are extracting too much out of the planet and Gaia is alive. And if we don't respect her, she can kick us off her back like fleas off a, of a dog, you know? Mm. Um, you know, and we'll see that. We, we, we are seeing it, for instance, with the, the um, warming of the, the climate. It's, you know, everybody says, oh, it's cold here. And, it, you know, it's not warm and cold in the short term. It's the fact that um, the, the um, extremes are going to be more severe. And those, those extremes have huge implications for, you know, it's hundreds of millions of people around the planet. If you look at, you know, what lands could be lost and the, the, you know, we think we have a refugee crisis now, we could, we could be in mm -hmm. deep doo-doo if we don't fix things. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we need to get around this idea that certain things are impossible. Everything is possible. We just have to have the will to do it. And our, our very survival is at stake, mm -hmm. you know? Anyway, that's my, my two cents, so. <laughs> Thank you, Ellie. Thank you um, so much for this subject, it's great. Very much appreciated. Thank you. Um, let's just have one more share from Roger Barron. Let's see, unmute. Roger, are you there? Hi, yes I am, thank you very much. I was just thinking about um, the comments and the, the general atmosphere uh, against corporations. And um, I am not a corporate person. I'm disabled American vet. Um, and so as I look at this, I think, well, without the corporations, we wouldn't have very much of an economic cash flow anywhere in the world. Um, and I know that the bounties of this earth are such that we have been able to, through these corporations, amass uh, a large amount of wealth that I do believe needs to be spread around. But at the same time, if we're going to change, we can't claim that the very people that can make the biggest change 
are the biggest enemies. Mm-hmm. We can't look at them and just say, oh, you're the reason that everything is wrong. No, I mean, I've heard white Anglo-Saxon Protestant males over 30 are responsible for everything. And I just don't believe that either. Um, and so I think we need to be very cautious about who we're going to claim is the enemy of this or that or of anything and really put our hearts and our minds together to try to figure this out. But it's the people with the big money that are going to make the big change. So that was just my two cents. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. Um, well, it looks like that's about all the time we have for today. Um, thank you all for attending and thank you, Clarence, so much for your, for your wisdom and for the talk you gave. Um, it's just before we end, let's all take a moment of silence to link up with the hearts and minds of all Triangle servers and all servers throughout the world. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And just a reminder, the um, due to daylight savings time in the United States, um, the webinar will still take place at three o'clock US time, but will take place one hour earlier um, in Europe. And I think likely most of the rest of the world as well. So it'll be at seven o'clock in London and eight o'clock in Geneva for the next two weeks. And then we'll be back to the regular schedule. So thank you all very much.